Galatians chapter 8. Revelations chapter 8. So last week, when we got to the end of our message last Sunday, I'd kind of left you with a a little teaser. I told you uh, that in Luke 21 and verse 25, that there was a little hint of something atomic going on. And, uh, well, 25 is where the thought begins. 26 is actually where the reference is at. And it's actually very interesting, and, and, and just so you know, I was not the one that found this. I'd, I'd heard someone else talking about it. I went back and looked at it and did the research on it and found that what they said was true. But in Luke chapter 21, um, verses 5 through 38, is kind of the parallel to uh, Matthew chapter 24, which is talking about the tribulation. Uh, Jesus is speaking about the things that will happen, the things to expect, and things that are going on during the tribulation. Now, in verses 25 through 27, Jesus talks about great signs uh, that will precede his second coming. And I'm going to read that to you real quick. Luke 21, verses 25 through 27 says, There will be signs in sun and moon and stars. And on the earth, dismay among nations in perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves. Men fainting from fear and expectation of the things which are coming upon the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great joy. So as you look at Luke chapter 21, 25 through 7, he's kind of talking about what we're looking at right now. He's talking about the things going on in the heavens, the things that are happening up on earth. And he goes on to say that it will be so bad that men will literally die from fear. They will literally die from fear. Um, it talks about the sun darkening, the moon turning to blood. It talks about tidal waves that will be coming in. It talks about asteroids and, and meteorites that are pummeling the earth during this time. And it says, distress of nations with perplexity. Now, perplexity means with no way out. And so all of these things are going on all over the earth, and the nations have no way out. They they, they can't figure it out. They can't figure out how to stop it. They can't figure out what to do about any of it. They have no way out. It will get so bad that neither Republicans nor Democrats will have a plan. Now, I'm sure they'll have lots of blame to go around, but they'll have no solutions whatsoever. Now, as I said, verse 27 says it will get so bad that people will literally die from fear. So here 
is at least a very interesting observation with this next part. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Now, this is interesting. Now, the word powers is the word dunamis. And you all know we get the word It speaks of power, of, of, of dynamics here. Um, but the word that is translated heaven. Now, the Greek word here is uranos. We get the word uranium from it. And then it says that it will be shaken. Now, that means, uh, the, the, the translated shall be literally means to put out of balance. So, the literal translation would be, the dunamis of the uranium shall be put out of balance. Does anyone know how atomic explosions happen? So, they bombard the nucleus of the uranium with slow-moving neutrons. And this causes the fast-moving uranium nuclei to be thrown out of balance. As the uranium atoms strike uh, the slow-moving neutrons, they split. And as they split, this causes a chain reaction of splits. And this causes an explosion or an atomic blast. So now think about, now listen to this verse again. Men's hearts are killing them for fear, for looking after these things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the uranium shall be put out of balance. And the heaven departed like a scroll. You know, all I could think about when I read that verse, and the heaven departed like a scroll, was like an atomic blast. When you see an atomic blast and how it rolls like a scroll. And John says that the heavens rolled like a scroll. I was like, oh my goodness. Now, what do you suppose God knows about atomic power? Hey, at a minimum, it's very interesting. At a minimum, it is very interesting when you look at that. Revelation chapter 8, verse 1 through 3. I didn't want to leave you hanging on that. I'm sorry, 8 through 13. We're going to read it all, and then we'll pick up our discussion where we left off. <coughs> and when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God... And to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer filled it with the fire of the altar, and he cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and earthquakes. 
And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. The first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood. And they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of the trees was burned up, and all green grass was burned up. And the second angel sounded, and as it were a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. And the third part of the sea became blood, and the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and the third part of the ships were destroyed. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp. And it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of waters. And the name of the star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became wormwood. And many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. And the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten, and the third part of the moon, and the third part of the stars, so as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. And I beheld and heard the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice woe 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 to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound so last week as we looked we had the angel who stepped up with the golden censer that was filled with the prayers that had been added to the censer. He put fire into the golden censer and he cast it down to the earth. And when it hit the earth, there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. Now this was a signal. This was a signal to the seven presence angels that stand before the throne of God to prepare themselves because they are about to blow upon the trumpets of judgment. Now, these first four trumpets that we look at are going to deal directly with the earth. The first angel steps forward and he blows his trumpet. And immediately hail and fire mingled with blood was poured out upon the earth. Hail and fire are used throughout the scriptures when Elohim brings out judgment. Hail in Exodus 9, 13 through 15, Job 38, 22 through 33, Psalm 105, 32, Isaiah 28, 2, Haggai 2, 17, and fire in Genesis 19, 24, Psalm 11, 6, and Ezekiel 38, 22. It is used throughout the First Testament when speaking of judgment that God pours out upon a nation. Now, we have no idea where the hail come from. The fire, we have no idea where it comes from. The Bible doesn't teach us that. Either it is a direct casting from Jehovah himself where he is just sending it down from heaven upon the earth, or 
scientists say that earthquakes of this magnitude would cause large cracks in the earth's surface, which could cause volcanoes to pop up all over the world. Now, listen to this. I I found this very interesting. Um, It's called volcanic thunderstorms. Volcanic lightning arises from colliding fragment particles of volcanic ash and sometimes ice, which generates static electricity within the volcanic plume, leading to leading to the name dirty thunderstorms. Most moist convection and ice formation plumes dynamics and can trigger volcanic lightning. So it says that that when there is a an, an explosion of volcanoes and you have these storms that begin to roll up and begin to produce that within those storms will be fire and ice. There will be hail and there will be fire. <coughs> there will be lightning, there will be thunder. Everything that we see right here with the first trumpet that is blown except the blood. Where does the blood come back to? Now, many commentators try to explain this away. They say that it could be that the water was so uh, polluted with impurities that it turns the water red, and that so it, it isn't that it was blood or that it was mingled with blood, but that it looked like blood, that it was like blood. It was, it was like blood in color. But flip back to Revelation chapter 6 and look at verse 12 with me. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. It says it became as, it became like blood. It looked, the color of it changed to the color, and it made it look like blood. So, Back in 8-7, it says that it was mingled with blood. Not that it was like blood. Not that it looked like blood. Not that the color was like blood. But it says that it was mingled with blood. (laughs) And then again, we see in verse 8, it says that the sea, a third of the sea, became blood. It didn't say like blood. It didn't say it looked like blood. It didn't say it had the appearance of blood. It said a third of the seas became blood. No, it became blood. Now, in Exodus chapter 7 and verse 20, God used Moses to turn the water in Egypt to blood it said it turned to blood to the point that it began to stink because once the blood began to 
in the summer heat, spoil, it began to stink. Now, the word that is translated blood here literally means the blood of animals or men. It's just that simple. This could be speaking of the blood of men or it could be speaking of the blood of animals. Now, we can speculate and we can reason all day long about this, where the blood comes from. But the one factor that we cannot leave out And we have to do this through all of the judgments and all of the miracles that we talk about through the book of Revelation. We cannot leave out the God factor. We cannot leave out the God factor. Every time somebody argues and tries to argue away any miracle that happens, they always leave out the God factor. That's what makes it a miracle from God is you cannot leave out the God factor. Whether it's from men and animals that were killed during the chaos of of volcanoes that are exploding all over the universe, or all, all over the universe, all over the world, or whether it's that God turned the water into blood himself, I have no legitimate reason to change it to as or like. I have no legit... It says that it became blood. And therefore, I believe it came... It became blood. If God had wanted it to say became like blood, it would have said it became like blood. But it says it became blood. So... Whether it's from men or animals, I guess we'll figure that out one day. But I believe this one thing. It is like blood. It is saying as blood or like blood when it says it is turned into blood. So then it goes on to say that one third of the trees and all of the grass was burned up. Well, wait a minute. Some people say, hold hold on just a minute. When you look at Revelations chapter 9 and verse 4, it says that the locusts that came from hell were told not to hurt the grass of the earth. So if it was all burned up right here, how in the world could there be grass of the earth in chapter 9 and verse 4? Okay, Einstein, this is how we figure this one out. How quickly does grass grow back after it is burned off? Pretty quick. Pretty quick. You can burn it off in March, and by April, it will be back in full growth. And so the the legitimate idea here is that between the first trumpet and the trumpet of of chapter 9, there's a period of time between the two, and the grass is allowed to grow back. So there's no controversy here. There's no mess up in Scripture. The grass was all burned up, and then it grew back before chapter 9 takes place. So this is the thing. As I was looking at this, and, I, and I've been listening to the fires that have been going on in California and that are going on all over the world, that is nothing compared to what we see here. One-third of the trees in the world will be burned up. There are over three 
trillion trees in the world. Now, to put that, just, just to kind of put that in perspective, three trillion trees in the world. In the United States, there are 228 billion trees. My wife's like, now, how do they know that? She said, I'm looking at all these. How in the world do they know that? I said, I guess God told them. I don't know. But, but it says there are 228 billion trees in the United States. So, that is a little less than 15 times the tree population of the U.S. will be destroyed. 15 times the population, a little bit less than that. So, somewhere we can say 13 to 14 times the population of the trees in the United States will be destroyed. You know, it's pretty easy. One-third of three trillion would be one trillion, right? Unless my math is off. It's been a long time since I've been in school. But I think one-third of three trillion would be one trillion. And so one trillion trees will be destroyed upon the earth. Roughly, give or take a tree. And you think the price of lumber is high now. Wait until this destruction and then it says, all of the grass, all, uh, one-third of the trees. And then verse 8 and 9 say this, and the second angel sounded. So here's the second trumpet. And as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. And a third part of the sea became blood, and a third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died. And a third part of the ships were destroyed. It says, as it were, a great mountain. So we know that it was not an actual mountain that was cast into the sea. As it were, a great mountain. So the first trumpet affected the earth. The second trumpet is going to affect the sea. So obviously this is an asteroid that that is coming upon the earth. Um, Now... I did a little research. A mountain is considered a mountain if it is around or over 1,000 feet. So we know, according to those statistics, this thing is at least 1,000 feet in size. Now, next year, 2021, there is a meteor that is going to pass by the earth that is 3,200 feet in length, in width, in size. 3,280 feet wide. Now, when it passes by the earth, it will be within 1.2 million miles. But hey, that's a near miss. That's a near miss. Whether you realize it or not, that is a near miss. We're talking about days here. And it would, if it was to strike the earth, it would cause global catastrophe. Now, they're going to see this one coming. The one that, that, that we have here in Revelation, they will see it coming. It will be on the news. There will be predictions. There will be thoughts. There will be ideas of where it's going to land upon the earth. 
<coughs> and we know, we've already got a little foretaste that it's going to land in the sea somewhere. Now, which one, we're not sure of. But it will land in the sea. Some will see it as it enters the earth's atmosphere. Some will watch it on TV. But they will see it as it enters the earth. And then it says billions of sea creatures will be destroyed. That could be why the, the sea is turned to blood when billions of whales and dolphins and fish and all that of the sort are squished from this big old asteroid. Once again, it's a possibility. It's also a possibility that just as Moses turned the water to blood by the power of God, that God could turn one-third of the seas into blood. Verse 10. And a third angel, so now we're to the third trumpet, sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp. And it fell upon a third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of the waters. And the name of the star is called Wormwood. And a third part of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. So, we have, here we have a great star. Here we have another meteor. And as this one passes through, unlike the first one, when the first one passes through, it's going to maintain its size. It's not going to break up. This one will break up. This one is going to, we've all seen those meteors as they enter in and you see the tail behind them and the fire behind it. It looks like a torch. And so as it enters the atmosphere, it is going to break up. Now, this is the miraculous part. This is the God part. It will enter the fresh water. We have already taken the sea, so now these parts of this meteor are going to hit fresh water. The rivers, the lakes, all of those that have the fresh water inside of it is going to be hit by the, the, the particles of this meteor. And you know, it says that one-third... One-third of the fresh water was destroyed. One-third of the drinkable water will be destroyed. You realize you can only go three to four days without water. You can go three or four weeks without food. But water, you must have water within three to four days or you will die a very painful death. A very painful death. I've listened to people who say, wow, you know, I would never take the mark. You know, we've not made it to that part yet. We're not there yet. The Antichrist has not been revealed to us yet in Revelation. All of these things are happening before the, the, the beast is revealed to us. So here you have a situation where a third of the water is gone. Well, I would never take the mark. I'd go live off the land. But you have no water. 
how will you live off of the land? Well, I can kill animals. I can grow gardens. I can do, but you have no water. But I can can food, and I have canned food. I can, I can feed my family, but you have no water. And he is control in control of only the good water that is drinkable. He has the capacity to, to purify the water. You don't. What are you going to do? You better know. Because now he's in control of the water. One third of the water is destroyed. And it's called wormwood. Now, wormwood is a shrub. They take these leaves and they create actually an alcohol from it. But this alcohol is so toxic that it is poison. Many countries have banned even the, make, the making of this alcohol because it's toxic and people die from it. Why would you want to drink it? I don't know. I guess give a little hard liquor to someone who has no hope is what Proverbs says. I guess that's one way to do it. But it is called wormwood. Now, it's mentioned several times if you look in the First Testament, Deuteronomy 29, 18, Proverbs 5, 4, Jeremiah 9, 13, and Jeremiah 23, 15, Lamentations 3, 15, and 3, 9, Amos 5, 7, and Amos 6, 12. So it's mentioned several times. This is the only place in the New Testament that you see this mention of the wormwood. And this is another one of those miracles. This is one of the, another one of those things that we have to remind ourselves that it was very specific where the particles from this meteor went. God guided them into the pure water, into the drinkable water. He put it where it needed to go. So, one-third of the fresh water, one-third of the trees, one-third of the trees, one-third of the sea creatures, one-third of the ships. The ships were taken out by the tsunami that will be caused by this mountain-sized meteor that hits the ocean. They will be taken out, one-third, one-third. Listen, one-third, that is very specific. One-third, one-third trees, one-third land, one-third water, one-third ships, one-third of the sea animals. It is very specific. This proves that this is a divine judgment, that this is not just random acts of global warming. This is very specific. One-third, 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 one-third. And then it says that many will die from the poisoned water. Many will die. So why so much destruction on the earth? You know, when Jehovah caused the plagues on Egypt, it was a judgment on their idols. The plagues were as a judgment upon the idols of Egypt. And you know, there is no doubt that man has made earth into a god. It has made the earth into a God. Just the other day, I was listening to a commercial about making Mother Earth happy. You see, 
God will judge our earth God. Romans chapter 1 and verse 21 through 25 says, For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculation, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of an incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore, God gave them over in the lusts of their heart to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie And they worshiped and they served the creature rather than the creator. Who is blessed forever. Amen. Now verse 12. And the fourth angel sounded and the third part of the sun was smitten. And the third part of the moon and the third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened. And the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. And I beheld, and I heard an angel flying through the midst of the heavens, saying with a loud voice, (coughs) Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of other voices of the trumpet of three angels, which are yet to sound. So now we turn from the judgment upon the earth, And now we turn to what is happening in heaven. Now, the word smitten there is a very interesting word. It actually is translated in other places, plague. And so the the stars are hit with a plague from God. And one-third of them are forbidden from shining. A third of the sun will not shine. A third of the moon will not shine. The stars. So he turned the sun out. He turned down by one-third the output of the sun. Well, how is that possible? God can do whatever God wants to do. But one-third. Isaiah 13, 9-10 says, See, the day of the Lord is coming, a cruel day with wrath and fierce anger to make the land desolate, to destroy sinners within it. The stars of heaven and their constellations will not show their light. The rising sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. Ezekiel chapter 32, verse 7 and 8. When I snuff you out, I will cover the heavens and darken their stars. I will cover the sun with a cloud and the moon will not give its light. All the shining lights in the heavens I will darken over you. I will bring darkness over your land, declares the sovereign Lord. Joel 2.10. Before them the earth shakes, the heavens tremble, and the sun and moon are darkened, and the stars no longer shine. And finally, Amos 8.9. In that day, declares the sovereign Lord, I will make the sun go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in broad daylight. What will that do to our weather? What will that do to the temperature that we have upon the earth? So the question is, how long will each one of these judgments last? There's actually only one of the judgments that give us a time period. 
No doubt some of them will be quick. No doubt some of them will overlap one another, but the effects will be long-lasting. But here's an interesting fact. The first four trumpets, the first four trumpets took seven verses. The last three trumpets will take 50 verses. Yeah, you want to talk about detail. (laughs) We're going to have some detail. The first four took seven verses. The last three will take 50 verses. And finally, and we're going to close with this, and I beheld and I heard an angel flying through the midst of the heavens saying with a loud voice. Now, some of your translations say eagle. It says, I saw an eagle flying through the heavens, through the midst of the heavens saying with a loud voice. Now, to be quite honest, eagle is probably the more accurate translation. When they translated the scripture, and especially with the newer translations of the Bible, they had more uh, of older manuscripts to work with. And the way they would decide when you would have two different words that could have two different meanings, or they would have two different meanings, they would choose the one that was closest to the event. In other words, they would take the older manuscript so that Throughout time, if something was changed, the closer you were to the event, probably the most accurate that it was. And so as they found the older manuscripts, it would either say eagle or vulture. Now, during the time that the King James, the King James says angel, during that time, they didn't have the Dead Sea Scrolls. They didn't have all of the older manuscripts. And so the newer manuscripts that they did have said angel. And so they translated it angel. So the question is, why would they have changed it from eagle to angel? Once again, we can only speculate, but a lot of commentators believe the reason that it was probably changed is because all of the other announcements, pronouncements that were made during the, the, in Revelation were made by angels. And so they changed it from eagle to angel, but if he can make a donkey talk, he can surely make an eagle talk. And so John probably saw an eagle or a vulture, one of the two. That was the two words that were used during that time, either eagle or angel. But it says that I saw an eagle flying through the midst of the heavens, saying with a loud voice, whoa, 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 a double. It puts a pronunciation on it. It puts an exclamation point on it. This is important. Whoa, whoa, listen to what I have to say. Whoa is, is a, an announcement of judgment to come. But he didn't just say whoa twice. He said it three times. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And why did he say that? He said, you think the first four were bad? You ain't seen nothing yet when the next three come. Would you stand to your feet? (sighs) Take a breath. It's all right. Take a breath. Whoa. (laughs) Father, thank you. 
As we continue our study, Father, we thank you for opening our eyes. We thank you for your revelation of the revelation, Father. I thank you for the things that you have revealed, for the things that you have shown, for the things, Father, that are are hidden but found when you seek them out. I thank you, Father, for the golden nuggets that are right in front of us. And, Father, as we continue to look at the, the wrath that is poured out upon unbelievers, upon this earth, the judgment that is brought against the God of these people. Once again, Father, I pray that it moves us, Father, to action. This week, Father, I was reminded that I have near kinsmen that are lost and dying and going to hell. And my heart was broken. And Father, I pray that as we look at these judgments, that the faces of those loved ones that we have, our friends, our family, our co-workers, Father, the waitress, Father, at the, at the restaurant, the attendant at the gas station, Father, all those that we come in contact with, May we see their face, Father. And now, Father, as we conclude this service, I pray that you pour your blessing out upon your people. I pray that this is a day of rest and that you give them many opportunities to share your love to a lost and dying world. And, Father, we ask all these things in Jesus' very precious name. Amen. God bless you. Enjoy this fall day.